Welcome, traveler. You have entered the realm of adventure. Prepare yourself for tales from Beyond the Dice. Beyond the Dice is a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast set in a cyberpunk city called New Etika. Now, are we going to play some Dungeons and Dragons actual play tonight? Some Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition? No! <laughs> Lol. No, we're not. But with me is Ben. Yo, guys. And Jeff. Hey. <laughs> Peter. Sup? And Travis. Okay, okay, so I have a joke. Are you gonna, are you gonna tell us the joke? I thought somebody would like play off that. Like so somebody would be like, "Oh, you've got a joke? Really? Why don't you tell me the joke?" And then I'd be like, "Well, I'm glad you asked." But now you guys are too, too terrible Polite. at this. <laughs> you, it was like a knock knock joke. Like, who's there? Uh, banter. Oh shit. Okay, so because Travis um, either doesn't have a joke and you're trying to think of one on the spot and he can't do it. Or he's just taking too long to say the goddamn thing. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about this episode, boys. This uh, this episode we're about to do, uh, which I'm cutting off Travis joke completely, unless um, he thinks it's good enough to say right now in the blank space. I'm about to give to him. Oh, cool. You legit didn't have a joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this episode is kind of going to be a, a look back uh, towards the year, the distant, distant year. 2017. We're going to talk about some of the, um, the the media we consumed, like greedy little pigs. Uh, we're going to talk about um, you know various books and comics, TV shows, movies, video games, um, everything and anything we uh, have decided that we might want to talk about. How did you guys go in 2007 with all your medias that you consumed? Do you think it was a good year for uh, for all? For all things well, consumable. 2007, I don't think I had the internet. No, 2017. Oh, right, okay. Um, I reckon it's, it's kind of boring. We should actually skip this podcast. Alright, let's just skip it real quick. All right. so, guys, thanks for listening. Um, thanks for downloading. <laughs> thanks for being your friend. <laughs> thanks for being my friend. See ya! Bye! Alright. Um... Okay, let's 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 go with a um, a big one ish kind of that came out this year. A lot of people were excited for it. Um, most of us here, I think, have watched it. Cool in concept. I'd say pulling the movie off though, uh, pulling it off real good, didn't really happen. Yeah, this this. When I first heard about this movie and I saw the first trailer, I was like, okay, this is some good shit. This is some stuff that I'm into. Um, They're bringing fantasy and modern world together. Yes, we're talking about the Netflix original movie, Bright. So, who uh, who watched Bright? Uh, Spoilers. I I have not actually watched it. Actually, yeah, we need to define, are we going to go into spoiler territory? No, I don't think Um, we are. Well... Okay. <laughs> has, wait, has anybody besides me watched yeah. this movie? Yeah, I watched yeah, it. Okay. Well, at least okay. there's one. Because you said we've all, we've all kind of seen it. And then, no, just you two. Well, <laughs> I, I'm very surprised in you guys not watching that movie. It's just... got fucking orcs and magic as well as, like, SUVs and Will Smith as a police officer. Yeah, yeah but I'm... with all the TV shows, you know the last movie I watched? Um, You watched... 
uh, hold on. Is Pokemon it 2000. Star Wars. It was Does Shape it... of Water and it was Shithouse. <laughs> Alright, you can, you maybe can talk about that as well. Uh, so, Bright. Uh, it's kind of a, it is a genre mashing uh, film. It's urban, it's fantasy, it's crime, all mashed together by uh, director David Ayer. He's made some, some other movies like uh, Suicide Squad and Fury. Uh, it stars Will Smith and um, that that good old, I believe he's Australian, that good old actor. Um, yeah, he is. Joel Edgerton, I, I believe he's he's um, he's called. And he's been in some, some Australian stuff. We'd probably know him if you've seen him. Um, now, Will Smith plays a detective slash police officer who is coming back after some time um in i guess rehab he was he was shot because his partner who is uh played by Joel is uh who who's actually who's an orc uh doesn't get his back he uh hesitates or he does something he actually he's buying a burrito i, I believe <laughs> which is probably something i would do if i was a police officer is buy a burrito and a margarita and get my partner killed yeah, but, that's pretty but he was buying a burrito for his partner like you gotta give that's him that. true like he's always trying to be nice you know he's trying yeah, to do he the was. right thing he was that's yeah. true <laughs> yeah. um so will smith's there and his back's turned for a little bit his partner's um you know buying him and his and will smith a burrito and uh, another orc bursts out of a convenience store or, or something or, or a supermarket obviously has robbed the place and he fucking pop, pops a, pop, a couple caps in will smith's chest um and anyway the movie starts with that whole scene and then uh the reluctant will smith uh who's whose character i can't remember he's just will smith again in a movie um <laughs> It's pretty much he was. He's like the clone from what he was in Suicide Squad. Like, what what difference was there in, in that character? Just yeah, not guy. not much. Yeah. Reluctance to be there. Um, yeah, he's he goes back to work with his um his orc police officer uh, officer partner, which is he's the only orc to have joined the police force. The rest of them are um generally seen as criminals and gangsters and that sort of thing. I think it's a little bit of a um. I think they wanted to open the American public's eyes to how um, the African Americans are treated uh, in the and actually as well as um, the the Latin population as well the South Americans like the Mexicans and um, yeah all those guys how they're treated and seen by police officers and by the public as a whole um, so. But they they did they they tried to do that stuff, but then like with the elves and with the orcs, like it, it really pigeonholed it into it kind of got stuck in that, and it was really hard to get out of it. Like our oh, racism, we can tackle these heavy hit these heavy feelings by saying orcs and elves instead of these other races. Like it kind of yeah. it missed the mark a little bit. Yeah, I felt. Yeah, orcs. the elves were you know the high life rich boys that are super cool and trendy and have cool haircuts and cool eyes. And the orcs were sort of these speckled um, birthmark, you know, their 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 skin coloration was sort of this grayish blue with like these sort of birthmark pink and speckled dots all over their face and um, skin. And uh, they had tusks and that sort of thing, and and it looked good. They looked good. Yeah, the orcs looked awesome, and the the movie itself looked really good. And it was it was it was gritty, but it had some light parts in it. Um, 
And there were some very cool themes, um, and, and especially this, this one scene where it sort of, um, shows the, the city, uh, and the two characters, I believe, they're rocking up in the police car, and in the distance, you can see the moon and some clouds, and you see a fucking dragon flying around, but they don't reference, like, hey, man, we use dragons as aeroplanes, uh, or dragons are like the big bad bosses, um, of the, um, of the, the corporate world like it is in uh, Shadowrun. Uh, they just don't, they don't reference it, but they do show it. And it gives us a little taste of what the, the movie could be. Um, and, oh, Jeff, the reason the movie is called Bright, do we know why? It's a bit random for a movie with orcs and um, was that, elves and stuff. It's been a little while since I've seen it. Was that like, because that's what the wizards were called? Yeah, people that can yeah. stand... The grasp of magic, in a sense. So there's a there's a wand in the movie. Yeah. Uh, it's got crazy powers to make or break reality, sort of thing. And only brights, it's like a class yeah. or a, or a title or, or a special type of person can wield the wand. Uh, otherwise, they sort of just like turn into a crispy boy or explode into pieces. Actually, that was something that I kind of enjoyed. Like I like seeing how magic can be used in different things. Um, that's why. I- like with D and how Gage is kind of messing with magic and beyond the dice, or how um, Terry Goodkind uses it in the Sword of Truth series, or even yeah. even Aragon, if you want to really push push it. I like seeing how magic tree, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. um, yeah, like uh, that was that was an interesting part to it, and the world building I think itself was really good. It just really yeah. it fell flat in the plot or overall yeah yeah i i think so too i i think i've i might have said it on facebook and, and spoken to a couple of people about it i wish that it wasn't a movie i know that david ayo is a um a director and he likes to direct big budget movies and make an impact and tell a story but i think that the the impact and the, and the story he wanted to tell and the feelings he wanted everybody to feel could could have been a lot more um, impactful, and the and the 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 story could have been a lot more emotional and better filled out if he did a mini a mini series. You know, like yeah. four or five episodes, all fifty minutes each, um, or an hour each. Makes you know, um, Netflix probably would have given him the budget to do it, uh, and been able to tell the story over multiple episodes, and it probably means paying Will Smith. $60,000 per episode, but if you want Will Smith, I guess that's what you you do. You, um, you pay him. You know, you could have definitely gone with somebody less well-known and gotten, uh, you know, similar, if not maybe even a better performance out of it. Um, but yeah, I think no, it would have been better as a, as, a, as a miniseries. That's the way of the world now, though. Like, there's so yeah. little character development in something that goes for 90 minutes. It, the, the new medium is like a a tv show uh like yeah, like absolutely. a mini series yeah. like where you can actually really develop a character or a relationship and it's very hard to do now in that time slot this this yeah. is the golden um, age of television like is it that yeah. it's hard it's or that strange. people don't do it anymore because you used they used to be able to do good character development in a movie time frame yeah but i think that just the audience expects more now they expect uh, like explosions and um, some, Mate, some we're not, booty and some muscled boys and we're stuff. Not, we're, you know? This so, is not Monday Movie Madness. And this is not Eggy. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's what people do expect, though. 
Like you go to a movie, you know, you do expect obviously good writing Tits and a nice and story. Um, well, you do. You kind of like if you go through, like, uh, okay, um, we can we can probably jump off bright now, um, and we can probably jump into um, Star Wars, for example, right? Oh. Um, the latest Star Wars. There were some really good parts in it, and I've probably said to people here that some of the coolest moments in any Star Wars movie I've ever seen was in the latest film. The is that what the Last Jedi? Is that what it's called? I always forget. It's the Return um, of the Jedi. Yeah, it's called the Last Jedi. Oh wait. <laughs> yeah, so there there are some really cool moments in that movie and cool shots and scenes and, and concepts in it, which like I love. But there is also some parts in the movie that are just fucking boring because not, nothing's really going on and the story doesn't make sense. Uh, and then they throw in these big sort of uh, visual effects um, just because, uh, just just so they can do it. And it's it's something that, that does fail movies um, these days, I think, is the, the focus on visual effects. I, I don't know if everyone here has seen Star Wars, right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, so like, the whole plot of, hey, let's not tell Poe about the real plan of going down to crate the the salty boy planet, um, and then a, a you know sending a character that we've only met in this episode that we really don't give a we don't really give a shit about to her death as she um, if she uses the the only weapon they should be using hyperspace by, um, you know, jumping into warp speed or whatever they call it into a massive Imperial ship or new order ship to blow it to pieces. Like that scene looked awesome. Uh, but the lead up to it was just to show a cool scene of a crack through a giant spaceship and a big flash of light and somebody sacrificing themselves, somebody we don't care about. So it's like some plot, to go along with a cool idea or a cool special effect that they chose to put in the movie. Well, yeah, I mean, if we if we want to talk about all the things that I didn't that I thought were bad about Star Wars, we could talk for about three hours. I I did not really like yeah. the latest Star Wars at all. So if you would like that, feel free to post it on Facebook, and we can make a special <laughs> Star, Star Wars I, yeah, episode. If, I, if you would like a um, right. Last Jedi review. Uh, Post it on Facebook. We can get together sometime and release it. Probably not the next episode, but, you know, a few down the track. And we can talk about the things we loved and things we didn't like about it. I assume one of the scenes you were talking about, Luke, which I I would agree is one of the best scenes in the Star Wars franchise. Uh, The... And, I mean, spoiler alert! Spoiler, spoiler alert! It's, you you kind yep. of described a lot of the movie already. Yeah, the the yeah. the, um, the, yeah. the throne yeah. the throne that's room. Sort of the plot though. Yeah, the throne. Yes. Yeah. Where the fight in the throne room? Like, I, I assume that's what you're talking about. Yes, definitely. Yeah. The what? What? Wait, I, I missed the, the fight the in the throne room with. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Ray but that was cool. That oh, that was, was awesome. That was, that was cool. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. was okay. one of the best parts of that movie, and a really cool visual part of any Star Wars movie. And yeah. and it I enjo- I really enjoyed the story based around that. Uh, I enjoyed what Snoke believed Ben wasn't capable of and then what Ben or, or Kylo Ren was completely capable of. And, um, and like, Ben or, or, or Kylo Ren becoming exactly what I want the New Order to be. Competent, a bunch of whiny bitches. <laughs> no, 
um, angst-filled, angry, impulsive. That's what I want to see from the new what, order. You want to you want to see an, an an opponent that is it is is cartoony villainy. I don't want to see a shouty boy. But that, but that's what the rest of the first order kind of was. But Hux Hux is like it's just. I know he's like a play on the whole. Uh, you know, Nazi concept and all that sort of stuff. But I do want. To, I I love Cairo Ren. Ky- Ky- Kylo. Kylo. Whatever. Ky- Cairo. <laughs> Cairo. Ren. Cairo Ren. The Egyptian god of Egyptian god of rage. Like, yeah, I like how angry he is. Like in uh, Force Awakens, when he fucking destroys that entire control room, and then those stormtroopers um, later on see like sparks and pieces of the chair that Ray was captured and, and was held in fly out of that room and they stop and they turn away and walk away. That's what I want to fucking see from like a Sith or like a you know from a bad guy. I don't want to see like yes, destroy all of them. You know, like it's it's uh, that's a little boring. Um and uh, or a shouty boy who's like the new order we shall rule the entire galaxy because it is owed to us because we have blue eyes and reddish hair I think- and white costumes. <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to see that. I want to see the angry guy swinging around a lightsaber destroying shit and being like, I'm an angry boy. I think I think yeah. I want that too. I think you make a good point. Like, kind of like a, a Sith version of a Dalek, even. You go you go down that route, like down, down at the very core, at the very, like, accepting that anger and then just like bursting it out sort of thing like at the end of the day daleks always just like destroy exterminate like there's that part of it Uh, that just that's what i want have we just accepted the fact that this podcast is now just the star wars talk or are we gonna uh no we can actually go on to um if everybody did watch the the finale the christmas the christmas episode of the latest doctor who we can talk about that or we can move on to another subject go ahead i've talked too much so it is now someone else's turn Go. Trav, you were quiet in that Star Wars talk. Your your turn. Um, he might be still on the phone to, um, <laughs> to the insurance company, car insurance company. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I was going to talk about um, the computer game on Steam. They are billions. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yes. phenomenal. It, just, it is just so like. Do you guys remember when you were young playing? Because I'm a bit older than you. Age of Empires 2. Yeah. Like, just, you know, resource gathering and building your empire, conking your enemies, and then... <laughs> conking your enemies? I'll conk your enemies! I'll conk your enemies! I fucking conked the shit out of my enemies. Did I ever? I conked them! I conked them! Right, you should have... Like, conked or bonked? Like, is, isn't a conker, like, one of those nuts you, like, get on a string and hit him in the head with? Um... Yeah, but so it's almost gonna go. What are they even talking it's about? It's basically <laughs> yeah. Age of Empires two, but with zombies. So you have to stop the zombies getting in at the same time as trying to build your empire. It's great mm. fun. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, I disagree, sir. I believe it is Anno with zombies. Ooh, that's cool. Yep, nice. It's got some of that. Um, that save the. Save the world with green energy in it, does it, Peter? No, no, just more kill zombies. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> yes. So it's, it's uh, what it's what Travel's saying. It's like Edge of Empires slash Anno, um, and you just got to fight. Like, make sure you survive the the timer when all the zombies keep attacking you. 
Yeah. The way, so what's, they, what's the theme? Like, besides zombies, is it, like, futuristic yeah, it's like or is it steampunk um, modern? Kinda. Steampunk, mm, okay, cool. Not really. Semi. Well, they're big. Are they robots that pump, like, smoke out of them when they walk around? Yes. Well, there you go. Towards it's the end. It's, it's, it starts in medieval, like, archers and rangers and stuff, and then it, it merges into, yeah, like, big... Clash of Clans? Um, uh, what are the what, mech warriors? Like mech warrior kind of characters and like submachine guns and there's there's some like kind of space marines, typical soldier dudes, the middle yep. ones, then the second ones you get, and then yeah, uh, it's, it's... Do, oh, wait, hold on. Does any of them say need a light before that's, they fucking it's, blow? It's, it's probably they're probably around. trying to get the license for it because at the moment it's still I believe it's still in like a beta. Stage, it's, yeah, it's early access at the moment. Yeah, so okay, that's they cool. might they might have enough money and they might be able to buy the the rights to some voice acting. So it's um it's real time strategy. Yeah, it's zom it's zombie survival. You press you can press the space bar and it pauses it. So while you can build your buildings, okay, yeah, you can you can oh, pause awesome. it. So yeah, that, that's still cool. It's like um you know. The first Dragon Age. You basically have one opportunity. So you have a base and you build yep. up your settlement. If your base dies, you have to restart the game. Because you yep. cannot... And like, yeah, it cool. saves oh, as you so go. It's, it's kind of it's kind of roguelike. Yeah, you can't reset from like a previous save. Once you lose, you lose, you have to restart the game. Yeah. All and right. That's cool. If the game forces you to expand in order to increase your economy, in order to increase your defenses. So you've got a, a constant balancing between um, resources, protecting your your base, and then expanding, which is difficult because of all the zombies on the map and also the zombie hordes. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, Trav, what's, what's your favourite part about this game? Um, well, to be honest, mechanic or theme or it, it what, is, what do you love about it? I feel like it mixes old school theme as in, sorry, old school, old school mechanic with yep. zombies, which is my favorite theme. Okay. You love zombies. Is that your thing? Yeah, I always have. Ah, huh. if I would known, I would have thrown some more zombies in like our normal D&D campaign. Well, now you know. Just to see you, just to see you sort of. Light up. Get all sex- sexy about it. Yeah, light up. Load it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, all right. Uh, wait, wait. I just want to add something too. Like, I really... Yeah. I'm trying to find it and I can't remember it and it's really bothering me. But there was another RTS game that came out recently based on consoles and, um, and trying to have the concept of different animals. Um, and I really like where RTS... Tokyo Zoo or whatever it's called? No, no, no. It doesn't sound right. Um, <laughs> uh. But... Turn your video Someone... off. No. No. <laughs> uh, but I really like where RTSs are going as a genre. Like, RTS is definitely... Like, recently, we've had like a resurgence of fighting games that's really come across this year. Um, yeah, hell yeah. And also, on top of that, uh, we've had a resurgence in... Well, we're starting to get one in RTS. So, hopefully, you know, this year, 2018, will be the year of the RTS. We can really bring some stuff back. Um I can't find it and it's really going to bother me. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, but there's some there's some really good new RTS stuff coming out. And I can't wait to see that uh, in the future. In case, case yeah. any uh, people don't understand, that's real-time strategy 
where you play yep. as everything's happening. You got to like fight off waves of stuff while you're building well, up your. Own well, yeah, game. your traditional Age of I Empires. Think most people would have. Most people might have seen um, Age of Empires or the original Warcraft games. You know where you're the orcs and you send the little workers out to cut the trees down to come back and and build walls or whatnot. Um, it's real time strategy. Uh, some of them allow you to pause. Some don't. But there are there are a lot of fun. There's a lot of sort of micromanagement in resources and troop quantities and where you place them and all that sort of stuff. It's it's um it's got some good fun. I just want to add to that. Um, they are billions or whatever the actual game's called. I got to a point where I was up at night and just because of all the resource management kind of thing going, while you're trying a little bit stress, not in a good way, more like a fun way of stress, trying to like keep make sure you don't get killed by all the zombies. My heart was racing so much, even though I'm just, I'm not, I can just still pause the game and just take my time and play, <laughs> pull down my buildings. It was just racing because I'm like, oh, the adrenaline was pumping and I'm like smashing down these buildings trying to get the perfect efficiency of resource gathering. So Lots of fun. you've awesome. obviously got some issues in terms of like drawing a line. Yeah, I like, do. I was up to like, reality I, should to, and... I should go to bed. Uh, like, I'll go to bed at 9.30. I'll play for a little bit more. 10 o'clock. I'll play a little bit more. 11. All right. I have to go to bed now. I have to work tomorrow. <laughs> and I should forcibly quit the game. Yeah. The struggle is real. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of struggle. Benjamin. Yep. What is your, one of your chosen topics? I've been been reading a new, a new book. Well, not necessarily a new book series. I've been reading um, a, a new author for me recently in the last half a year or so called uh, Brandon Sanderson. He's a, he's a fantasy writer. Brandon and Sanderson. Yep. What is it? Brandon. What did I say? You said Brian. No, you No, I didn't. Mate, Travis, I'm, Travis, I'm a bottle of port drink, down. Drink some more, mate. They, they've never heard... Yeah, they've never heard his the author's name and they... Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, so Brandon Sanderson is a fantasy writer and he's got a lot of books out. Um, he's he's a very rapid writer in a sense. Would you say that we haven't heard of him because of the whole George R. R. Martin 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 George R. <laughs> R. Martin explosion uh, of Game of Thrones? Um, or is it? I, I I don't know. Perhaps. Um, I mean, he hasn't got a, a show to his name like George R. R. Martin, and that's definitely one of the things that exploded his popularity. Um, Absolutely, but we didn't we didn't know of him until that TV series came out. Basically, um, for 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 most people, oh, anyway, yeah. unless you're into the the genre of fantasy. No, yeah, definitely. Um, no, but Brandon Sanderson, he's I read a, right uh, an, another one of his series called The Mistborn. Currently, I'm reading this series called The Stormlight Archives, and he is an extremely good fantasy writer. Uh, it's each series is based on a different world and a different setting but the way he writes his story and his narrative and the world are all very well set out well thought out pieces of literature the first series Mistborn that I read I got to the end and the last book was just was so good because all of these things all of these concept about the world that had been laid down were just built up even more and all these little loose ends that I thought, you know, what's happening here, all of it just had a very satisfying and very rational and, and consistent um, consistent ending. Like, it just tied it all together masterfully. And 
the Stormlight Archives is very similar. Because, uh, Trav, you've, you've read the Mistborn as well. Uh, most of, but yeah, like he... Uh, the thing that I admire about it the most, like it's pretty stock standard fantasy in terms of the setting, like it's medieval. Mm, that's for the, the Mistborn the at least, mad- yeah. Yeah, the, the magic mechanic is very interesting. So, like, the fact that they have to draw on metals in order to, you know, draw on certain effects and only certain people have the ability to draw more than one and it creates, like, a tiered society where those that can draw on all of the effects of metals are, uh, you know, considered almost godlike and then those that can only draw on one are the next tier... Yeah, it's it, it is pretty interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty. That's cool. It's um, it's a little bit different than like, oh, I can shoot the fires. I can call uh, down spirits. Like it's um, it seems it's probably one of the most unique magic systems. Would you say? Yeah, I I think that like there are couple of other cool aspects as well one is that you have to be of noble origin in order to even have the ability conferred upon you and not everyone has it so there's some kind of so is it taught no there's a genetic aspect to it the other thing is that in terms of like you know nature nurture um you have to snap in order to become somebody that can draw upon all the different metal elements so there has to be a traumatic event or you have to be near death or like there has to be something that happens in your life in order to be able to access this ability. So, so like an, so like an X. Sounds like you're going to, are you, you about to cry? Was that like a burp coming out? That was a burp. Yeah. Okay. So, so, um, so similar so, to like X-Men where like when you become a mutant, you have to have like some emotional change in your body or some traumatic event to like get the genes to change to so get your X-Men powers. Or, or you don't, or like Goku, you don't, you don't have to, but like, uh, you know, it, it helps when it, when that sort of emotional stress um, comes upon you, that sort of unlocks things in your brain to, yeah, you know, like like um, like Goku, the, like when yeah, Goku, like Goku goes, Goku. like when Krillin dies, sorry, and, and spoilers, man, <laughs> oh, spoilers, right, oh, oh Jeff, shit. Yeah, sorry, man. This is about to become. If you've, we you've no, we, we, we can't get into Dragon Ball Z because it'll become Dragon uh, I Ball know, Z. Cast. I, know, I know. I'll calm down. But yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I absolutely. I absolutely know how Goku's sees uh, Krillin popped and um, <laughs> popped. Then he yeah. Well, he is yeah yeah. And um, and then he's just like a Super Saiyan. I am the Super Saiyan, Freezer. All right, with your lipstick, okay. Calm down with your shit, boy. I'm going golden hair and green eyes. Bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. Okay, well, one <laughs> thing before we get out of Dragon Ball Z, though. When you first yeah, yeah. watched it, I, well, I was a kid. Yeah. I'm not sure how old the rest of you guys were. Um, did you get an erection, too? T- did you think it was a female the whole time? or Freezer? Freezer? No. Yeah. yeah, I did. No, no I didn't. Yeah. I did. until, no. until, the form, until the third form, I think I thought it was a Freezer was actually a girl. Yep. Really? Yeah, I think so. Ah. I thought I wasn't, sure, like, I wasn't sure, but it didn't really matter. Like, I was like, I, I guess like I, when I, like my first memory of watching a movie was um, Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Yeah. Then after that, it, RoboCop Two, and then Alien. Um, and so when I when I saw Freezer as sort of a, a kid, I I 
I just, I was like, oh yeah, he's, it's an alien. Like, I wasn't like, oh yeah, it's a boy or a girl, you know, like, like I would watch, um, you know, Aliens or Alien. I wouldn't say that the Xenomorph is a boy or a girl. I would just be like, it's an alien. Um, and that's what I thought when I was a kid as well, um, that it was just an alien because it didn't, it, you know, it didn't look like the other people in the show, you know, it didn't look like Goku and had like six packs and abs and fucking spiky hair and shit. And it didn't look like Bulma. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I could see that. Fair enough. Not sure. Maybe. I don't know. Um, all right. We'll look what f- were we on? We'll look for Brandon another segue. Anderson. Oh, yeah. Brian. Oh, Brian, Brian Anderson, no, as, as, as Trav said. <laughs> Brian. It's Brandon. Brian ba- Banderson. Really? I'm I thought gonna, someone said Brian Sanderson before. I'm going to finish but... writing my books so, um, and write that as my author's like secret name just so we can talk about it. Brian Brown. Brian Brown. Uh, so do you... Brian <laughs> Uh, do you think that this that those the Mistborn series would be good as a TV show or a movie, or is it, or is it? Do you think it's um, one of those things that it's it's a novel? It should just stay a novel. Uh, it's good as a novel, and we don't know if somebody could make uh, it a TV series in the wake of Game of Thrones without ruining it. You could do it. I mean, there's a fair bit of internal dialogue, I guess, which happens in any sort of fantasy genre. Um, yeah. you know the the characters wrestling with this particular issue or this idea or you know this relationship and it's it's very hard to convey that internal life that exists within the characters on the screen. So like I really love you know for example in Game of Thrones I love the Tyrion Lannister character in the books, yeah. but in the movie like in the TV show he's a bit of a a dick. And you're like, but I, I kind of understand where that behavior is coming from because I know what he's saying in his head, like how shaken he is with, well, you know, the things that happen in his life. Well, I don't know about you guys, but Tyrion Lannister was a big factor in the reason I kept watching. Yeah, like yeah. he's, in, he's endearing. Yeah, definitely. I'm like, this dude is awesome. He he shows also, he shows some you know some good character traits. He shows some emotion. He's a fucking badass. He doesn't care what the world throws at him or the world thinks of him. He just fucking does what he wants. He does what's good for himself, and then later what's better for Westeros. Um, yeah, I that's he's he's kind of the reason I keep watching. I don't like Jon Snow's cool and all. He's a bit mopey, but like you know the others, I'm like I don't give a I, shit about if. Sorry, I think with with Tyrion, with Tyrion, I think he does. He actually cares about everyone and cares a lot about yeah. people. But because of his stature and he and like he's he's hurt by other people and therefore he has to take his own path. Like his family kind of betrays him. He still loves them all. Like, if they were nicer to him, he would never gone down the path he would, cho- he would have chosen. Yeah. Also, Jamie Lannister, he's a pretty cool, do- pretty cool dude. I don't, you know, I can probably, I don't know if I can forgive him for, uh, for what he's done, but he's just like, he's just a handsome dude. He's a charismatic dude. And I just want to be his friend and then be like, dude, stop sleeping with your sister. It's not completely cool, man. Are, right? you, are you trying to right? channel um, from Philly the, the 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 crazy character from Philly? That just reminded me of him right then. No, I'm just I've had a bottle of port. <laughs> Luke just turns into him. Man. He doesn't challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I 
do we want to do we want to move to another subject get away from this game of thrones shit Oh, I can I can quickly um that RTS I found it finally uh Woo! nice it's called Tooth and Tail uh it's, I haven't played it so I, I won't really go into it but you know it's, Me it's I haven't heard of it yeah it's really good I recommend all of us like RTS it's fans really good but you haven't played it, it. <laughs> you know, oh, I've, seen, I've seen stuff for it I just don't man have, I don't have I time. saw this I saw this movie it I'm was so good it. yeah yeah um, I never actually saw it. It was really good. I recommend everyone go and see it. I uh, couldn't give you the name of it, but you know it's really good. Everyone should go and see it. I didn't see it. Everyone, myself, everyone should. Um, it's it's more the fact it's more the fact that I, I want to support indie developers or smaller developers as much as possible. So, Tooth and Tail oh, yeah. is something worth checking out. Um, yeah. Anyway, all right. So I'll take I'll take the helm for a little bit. The show that I've really enjoyed this year has been Star Trek Discovery. I see. You take the helm. Oh. 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 Yeah. Engage right, number uh, one. If we're going to talk about this, I'm getting another drink. Excuse me, sir. Quick, yeah, go- <laughs> Look, yeah. So, um, Star Trek. Well, you've talked to just that. real quick. Sorry, Jeff. I don't yeah. want to. I want. I want to interrupt just to say I haven't watched the latest episode. That's okay. Um, they all die. So we shouldn't spoil it too much. But go ahead. Let's do it. <clears throat> okay. I've really enjoyed it. The reboot to the Star Trek franchise they've kind of done it in a way that in the end they can go like it's just it's just a different thing and we can mess with it as we want the same way they managed to do with um uh when they rebooted star trek with star trek 11 slash one or whatever it is um it's been really fun um that first episode like the amount of hype that i got for that um and the things that they they did you know uh having having number one punch captain in the face just stuff like that just just messing with their own formula. Maybe the maybe the ways that Star Wars, I think, attempted to do with the most recent movie, um, like just turn all the things or our expectations on their head. I think Star Trek, yeah. this Star Trek series, has really pulled off. It's maybe gotten as the season's gone on, maybe a little bit tiresome. Like like oh, let's just do this because ah, oh, it'll be a surprise or oh, we want to be more like Game of Thrones, and it it feels like it's pushing that a little bit too hard for me, but. Maybe we'll see where it ends up for the second season. I see how it could develop as a show. Uh, now that a lot of the stuff has come, I won't spoil or anything from there towards the end of that. Um, I wish I could talk I about it's, it. It's, yeah, no, no. I think um, what well, I think what Jeff's trying to say is the uh, if everyone's familiar with Star Trek, we we are all familiar with the the second universe or the dark universe, the alternate universe uh, that's shown up in every series <coughs> so far. Um, and in the latest in, in, in Star Trek Discovery it takes us into that dark universe once again uh, no no, no. Um, more, more where I'm coming from is like even the even the like let's call it the prime universe for Star Trek Discovery they yeah. could they could decide that they want to uh, like, like they can say this is a compl- this is a third universe from everything else so we can mess with it however we want and it's not going to affect any of the rest of star trek they can they have that room to grow and play you know a lot of us were upset like oh you can't have technology that's better in this than somewhere else in the canon like we can't have all all this like really fancy stuff all these really big screens and then you're going down in in next gen um yeah but like I i think what people have to say have to realize is like we can't we we cannot watch no. somebody pr- tog- like flick a little toggle back and forth and be like the disruptors are in fact captain yeah 
and then put a little plug-in in their ear and be like, I can understand all the languages that are being spoken to us because of this little weird um, wine topper that I'm plugging in my ear. Like, yeah. they have to do things that, because we, like we talked about before, we we need to see these visual effects and these cool stylized yeah. displays and user interfaces and, um, and, yeah, and I guess, effects that that we've all been getting used to and we all expect from movies, we have to see them. So they have to push, they have to push it a little further and make everything look cool and futuristic. And that's what we expect in this time back in, I guess the original series, you know, people sitting on a, on a, on a deck with these weird, all these buttons and toggles and and these earpieces and all that sort of thing. That's what they expected of the future, yeah. but now we expect more. Yeah, Star Trek, Star Trek overall, it's really interesting to see uh, the idealized versions of the future, uh, both in the 60s and then again in the 90s and then the aughts, you know, like every, every version of the future is going to be slightly different. And now we're seeing like as uh, politics and more things come into our more live uh, into our lives now, like we don't trust the government as much. We don't trust all these different bits and pieces out there and maybe the federation is a little bit less idealistic as we thought you know we had interesting things like section nine and like that in the past and those things you know there were more high concepts where now all of a sudden they're chucked into there and i I think discovery's done a really cool amount of work in there it'd be cool to see section nine i think it's called section Section 31 um 31 thank you very much guys yeah section 31 um stuff in the future and seeing seeing yeah seeing where star trek can go um it'd be really cool um saying that the last 30 seconds of not spoiling it just that it annoyed me but the last 30 seconds of discovery made me very angry because (laughs) not oh man i'm scared to watch it now not not because like more more because of that they did something very similar in Enterprise, and uh, that made me not want to watch Enterprise anymore. That's it. Um, that's it. One, one, I guess, <laughs> hey Ben, I, I, I would love to talk about how we both feel. I'm not sure if Jeff feels about it, but the the whole um, Spock's Spock's younger oh, yeah. human sister Sarak uh, sort of deal. Like we could have we. I, they didn't need to tie it to Spock at all because he's not mentioned. The the average person who's like, oh, Star Trek, I enjoyed those mo- the recent movies. I'm going to load up this TV show on Netflix. They're not going to know who Sarek is. So they could have <coughs> chucked in any, any Vulcan, any one of them, created a whole new family a whole new vulcan and being like oh yeah cool this is the guy that adopts michael um and here we go here's your story they didn't really have to tie it because oh okay why didn't spock ever talk about his sister which we might end up finding about there's an answer right away she is a boring character and no one likes her oh that (laughs) is that's a lie that is harsh and possibly true i really like her I really like her and Saru. Oh, Saru, yeah, okay. fucking, the relationship's good. Fucking cool. She as a as a character alone, I think she's just boring. Where the interaction with other characters is the good part of her. I think, I think that's the point. Yeah, she's slowly getting becoming human in a sense. Like she spent all of her time with Vulcans, 
in you know their school their schooling their education system with their science system um and now she is finally amongst her quote unquote people and she people. has a chance to to show her her emotions <clears throat> and her human side i think that's the whole purpose of season one in a sense I have, like I said, I haven't watched the latest episode, but I feel like in the future we'll see her come out of her shell a little bit. I will, in discussions of, of her parentage or her foster parents, I I agree, Luke. Like, I'm a, I'm a traditionalist or when it comes to more canon. Like, I don't really care. I'm actually, I actually like the look of the Klingons in, and I understand. They are fucking cool man they do look cool yeah yeah and, and i understand yeah. that in you know the original series and they didn't have the they didn't do the makeup and stuff and just as with the visual um look of the bridge but they kind of t- they tie that in a bit yeah have you watched the second like i like i said i haven't seen the last episode but the the second last episode have you watched that ben uh, yeah 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 i have yeah, they kind of they kind of tie it in with like, oh, how how come those Klingons in the original series they first start off as kind of like just Russian boys with little mustaches and shit? They kind of tie it in with that, which is pretty cool. When when I when we when we found out about some, some I must things, have missed that a uh, certain character, I was like, holy shit, this explains so much in a way, but doesn't explain everything, which is good because I don't want everything <laughs> explained to me in the first season. No. Also, I want to add to that. Like, they don't need to explain it. Like, the same yeah, no, no, no. But what that. I mean is, but, but what I mean is, like, when we're when we're talking about the different views and technology, and we and we put that in place, like, I'm happy for the Klingons to have been that in the '60s show, and I'm happy for the Klingons to be what they are in this. I'm happy for yeah. a reimagining. Yeah. Uh, like, like when Enterprise explained that, um, oh, we poisoned the water supply, and like, oh, they're gonna be looking like humans for like three generations. Like that just annoyed me. Just, just leave yeah. it. It's fine yeah. to just have them be. Different. Makes it feel it's, feel like I, they're so like self conscious about the, themselves. Yeah, I, I like the explanation of Star Trek Discovery's implication in a way that not their not their expl- not their explanation, but their implication of how. Klingons can look human better than the Enterprise's explanation of how they can look human. I, do- I suppose, but it's, how do you duplicate it will be interesting. That would oh, to to a bunch of Klingons, you mean? Yeah. Well, I guess they yeah, but like in that episode, there weren't like a all in those few episodes yeah. of the original series. There wasn't like thousands of Klingons that looked humans. Oh. There was only a couple handfuls. That's but, what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. But all in all, oh, so I agree sorry. with with Peter yeah. though. I find I don't like the Michael Burnham's character more so the fact that she is simply almost a Vulcan trying to adjust to humans, and that that's kind of happened in nearly every single. Star Trek Star series, Trek. and so for me, it's an if it's, it's an to, overused trope. I I want. I, but T'Pol was awesome. Yeah, un, exactly. She yeah. she was cool. But let's look at other alien races. Like I don't really care. Vulcan culture is is it is fundamental to Star Trek. But we should yeah, look at other. You know things. what? Yeah. Let's get some Norsicans. Oh yeah. Here. Let's get some Andorians. <laughs> Andorians and Enterprise were one oh, of the man, coolest I, races. Dude, that is absolutely true. I said to Shannon. 
when that when when they talked about an Andorian, I was like, Shannon, I really hope the Andorians <laughs> yes, come into yes. this because they're my they they're actually my favorite race. I want angry ears, angry ear yeah. Andorians are the best. Because like, in that episode, when that <laughs> episode of, of of Destiny where that um, con artist got on the ship, he was wearing it looked like like an Andorian helmet, and I was like, that looks boss. Need some Andorians on this on this show. Oh, yeah, I like that character. He was a, he was a cool character. Discovery. Sorry, did I say Destiny? Ah, yes, 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 yes. He was wearing an Andorian helmet, so yeah, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, there are some very cool things about the about Star Trek. I'm pumped every time an episode comes out. I just haven't had the time to watch it, yeah. um, which is really sad because I, I want to watch it. I would be watching it right now if we weren't, we weren't doing a podcast. <laughs> uh, see everyone. Oh, well. Luke needs you know to what? go. <laughs> bye, bye, guys. All right, guys. This I need to watch. Uh, oh. We did Actually, that already. This, is, this this could be a good segue um, for Altered Carbon. I have heard of it. So it's a, a Netflix series. Yeah, that has is being released probably right now as we speak, as we record this, and it's one of um, my and mine. One of my favorite book series of all time the uh, the Takashi Kovacs series. Um, it is cyberpunk. It's it's a it is kind of the reason why I des- decided um, that I would really like to make a cyberpunk fifth edition uh, sort of supplement or story. Um, so it's it's it is once again a genre mashing uh, book or novel series. Uh, the first book is sort of that hard boiled detective noir. Um, being smashed together with a cyberpunk world. So, the the novel takes place in sort of a dystopian future, in a sense, where human consciousness or personalities, whatever you want to call them, can be stored digitally. They can be saved on a hard drive and then downloaded into bodies. So, just say, Ben, you cr- you commit a crime. Mm. Yeah. You um you're at a pub, you're drinking a few beers, you get into a fight, and you you stab a guy. The like every Friday. Uh, yeah, I don't need to imagine crime. <laughs> you drink, Peter. You fucking smash a couple uh, four X's down. Uh, off. Get a bit wrecked. Ra- yeah. well, you're in drink- Queensland. That's it's what happens, right? You get a, you get a bit rowdy. Right. You fight. You fight with a bloke in the local pl- in the local uh, Brisbane or watering uh, hole. You know, the local Queensland pub, water and hole, um, you, you shank him, and um, the government and the police force decide that you know what, Peter or Ben, whoever, which whichever scenario this is, you don't have the right to your body anymore. Your consciousness is being stored on a hard drive for sixty years, and your body can be used by whoever decides they want to use it uh, by downloading their consciousness into that body. Um, as a means of traveling or traversing the distance between planets. So just say um, we're on Earth and everyone's like, fuck this place, it's, it's crazy and it's, uh, it's, it's real shitty because of all the pollution. All the different <coughs> companies and different continents and, 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 um, and nationalities, they all leave Earth. Well, not all of them, but a whole bunch of them leave Earth and they travel out amongst the stars. And then they realize, all right, we used our ships... And all of our materials to build 
uh, settlements but, on these planets. But it takes a li- so- it still takes a lifetime to get there in this universe. It's not like they have warp drive. It takes no. a very long time to physically travel between the the, gal- the solar systems. Yeah, yeah. So it's like generations of people on these ships that finally land on a planet and settle it, uh, and then they in the time that that takes, people sort of work out a technology that. Um, that casts a consciousness across the universe, a signal from one planet through the universe to another to download that consciousness into a, consciousness into a body. And so the story follows uh, Takashi. He is an envoy, which is kind of like a United Nations or a United... Um, it's like a, an overlording government super agent. Or, or spy like if you picture james bond mixed with uh jason bourne mixed with i don't know um, neo from the matrix in <laughs> a sense like they they totally condition this consciousness into being able to um elevate his adrenaline levels just through thought uh to investigate at, a, at such a high level that he sees every connection between all the different things um, and as well as reacting to situations in a manner that seems godlike in some senses so this this Takashi who was once this say super agent this envoy is uh, he's imprisoned he lost the Wait, right to his body. Too, too much, inf- too much information. Like let's just like let's bring it down a little bit. Just like you, okay. you can. Pe- rich people have the ability, um, as well as transferring themselves to the internet. It's, dude, you can make. Jeff, there's so much. There's I know. So much. I know. I don't even know I what know, to talk but, about. But we, it's gonna take. We're gonna summarize the entire book, and you can you can do cool, awesome things. Like you can make a copy of your body. You can clone yourself. Chuck a copy over there. You, you can, can put a backup yeah, in a hard drive yeah. so that if you're killed, you can then access your backup and you get down downloaded into a new body which is it's which is called a sleeve yeah uh but you just don't have the memories between your last backup and your murder and that's where the story begins yeah it it begins with a a super rich boy being like all right takashi uh you're an envoy you're a super detective slash super soldier and we uh we i want you to investigate my own murder yeah uh i was in my house and someone fucking blew my head off uh there's no footprints no fingerprints there's you know, all um, all the police said was I must have killed myself, which I definitely know I didn't do. Uh, and so Takashi it goes on this this um, this mission, this quest, this investigation to find out who killed this super rich boy uh, in this cyberpunk world. Mm. And it it is really cool. I have not watched Altered Carbon, the Netflix series yet. It's like I said, it's released tonight. After the podcast, I'll probably watch the first episode. <laughs> Just because this this book I absolutely loved. I um I listened I read it and then I listened to the audiobook. Um and I wish there was a graphic novel just so I could have it in all all types of media. Look now it's in Netflix. You see the visual. Yes, that's it. That's what I mean. Like I, I I've uh, I've listened to the audiobook. I've read I've read the novel. I would love a graphic novel and now there's a TV series out, so Hopefully it does it justice. I think I know they're going to play with it and they're going to uh, change some things and make some things a little different. But um, I have faith uh, that it will it will still be good. All right, can I take? I'm going to take a segue 
from that. Yep. That's and then cool. I, and I think I, I then I think we should hear from Peter because I realized I should have given Peter the stage before I took it. All good, all right. bro. All good. Uh, there's two two quick ones. One I don't have. I've only just got into comic books um, in the recent last probably last year, and I kind of started with a few good classics. Been a huge Batman fan since a kid, loving the old school '90s Batman movies, um, even the later ones. And I started reading the comics. So ice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger, man. Freezing hell. It's so good. <laughs> it's so it's so bad that no, it's, it's good. Not. It's terrible. <laughs> it is terrible. But uh, um, Peter, yep, yep. Peter, I do have to say, those movies I did enjoy as a child. But I was always confused about bat nipples. Bat nipples, yes. It's 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 to distract the enemy. <laughs> Man, I think I can't remember what episode it was of the podcast. But it was probably episode three or four or something like that. And I was in. You've moved out. You're in Queensland, but I was in your your bedroom with that Batman Forever poster. Haunting me. <laughs> that. This is my favorite it's high, poster. It's higher time, man. Like I just, I couldn't, couldn't look away. <laughs> Stare, How did you sleep in that room? Staring at, at uh, what's his name's nipples. Yeah, George Clooney. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Um. Anyway, yeah. Peter. So, I ended up deciding to, you know, give the comics a go, see what's all about, and I started with a few classics like, um, I can't remember, was the death in a family, death of a family member. Oh, oh yes, man. Peter, I said to you, you need to read that book, and it is very good. I'm like, good. so so to all the newbies and all the all the pros of comics, and we're seeing all the latest kind of Batman movies, like Batman vs. Superman and Justice League coming out, and we're all like sick and tired of kind of crappy Batman and him just, the whole stories and plots being absolutely trash. And even like, uh, like the Netflix Marvel ones are being like even more amazing plot-wise. The, the comics I read, so I've only started reading so those, for example, and I've kind of just gone stuff at all to the new Rebirth series. Um, the one, the production value of the actual artistry of the comics is amazing. And the, and the plot, like the storylines, like if they actually didn't bother paying the huge amount of sums to the directors and the writers of the current Batman, um, movies that they're releasing and deciding hey wait let's pay some the poor like comic writers and artists and maybe like they should like be involved in these movies probably a bit cheaper they would actually write like it's like a top-notch film that we would actually start enjoying rather than scraping through every every time one comes out yeah i i really i really wished i'm not 100 percent sure if they did or didn't but if they if they grabbed Scott Snyder yeah. and they said, "Hey, buddy, can can you just write can you write the story of all the DC movies we're gonna do?" He, he would be like, "Yeah, cool," and we would get some fucking Marvel level movies. He is such a good writer, but in instead they just. I don't know who they give it to, but they fucking give these movies to some people who write just some some absolute trash. But they're the comics. They're like it for movies. I enjoy the Marvel movies than I more than I more than I enjoy the Marvel comics. But the the DC comics fucking blow 
Marvel out of the water at the moment. Yeah. Just um, New 52, Rebirth, they're all really good stories. Makes you, it just makes you want to reread, like, read the next one that's coming. I'm like, oh, man, it's going to be even better. Oh, I haven't even seen the Joker yet. And, like, these these villains are so crazy and, and deep. Like, it's kind of deep and dark plot. Whereas, like, yep. even, like, I was just reading a random um, Twitter post from... Uh, who did you just get say before? I forget his name. The uh, uh, Scott, Scott Snyder. Snyder. So he he posted he's doing this series called Batman Metal, which I'm, I haven't haven't oh, looked at yet. I want that. But I'm, I'm going to go buy it tomorrow because basically he's like, oh, I had to cut out some villains. So it's basically Batman Metal. What I understand is it's set in this this parallel universe where Batman, like it's all the parallel universes, where Batman is a, like gone evil, and there's different versions of Batman. And Batman unlocks the real Batman, unlocks this like portal to like that universe, and he has to fight himself, his alternate selves, as like messed up, grotesque, evil characters. And it sounds amazing. There's like the laughing Batman or the grinning Batman. I'm not exactly sure of his name because I wouldn't have had to read into it. But he's across his eyes, he wears this iron band with spikes on it, and he has a fucking Joker ass grin on his face in a Batman sort of cowl and cloak and he used any any imagery if you look at the laughing Batman you would just see this fucking insane version of Batman more more insane than the Batman of Zoranar and it just looks so good it looks like ridiculous it looks brutal it looks metal it looks <laughs> just great it's just yeah yeah Peter awesome choice yeah so yeah I just think I've just been really disappointed with DC stuff, except Gotham. I've been watching that and absolutely loving it. But in terms of movie stuff that's coming out, I don't think there's anything. Even Wonder Woman's kind of just like people saying it's good. I think it's possible. Like that's that's the minimum requirement for a movie. I think that DC puts out, and they need to do better than what they're doing now. Um, so that was just a quick one on that. But what I really want to get into, which we've got more. I guess love for and background on is the series Unfortunate Events that came out last year, the TV series on Netflix. Ah, oh, yep. So, With um, what? Uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So I read as a kid pretty much the entire series, and it's pretty pretty quick, pretty cool, and I loved it. It's kind of pretty dark and gloomy, and just like a. It was, it was a different different series. It was enjoyable, but also dark and kind of depressing at the same time, but also fun. Um, but yeah, I loved I loved Jim Carrey's adaptation to it because I used to be a big, huge Jim Carrey fan, but I felt like they kind of rushed it because they kind of slammed three books into one and kind of missed all the point. Uh, it did take... I, I'm not sure who, if anyone else in the podcast has watched them. Yep. But I, yeah, I have. no, haven't yet. I've been, I've been interested, but I've been stuck in a lot of other series to get out of it into what what I, unfortunate what i found at the start so basically it's, it follows the books very well i can't remember the actor that that uh, acts as let me snick it slash the narrator but he's a boss um i think he's in like the 70 70s rock or the um the the main guy in that i can't remember his name anyway um so basically so Leon Patrick Harris as Count Olaf at the start, I found his acting was a bit... I felt he was a bit poor, maybe because he was chosen for that role because he kind of fitted the Count Olaf. And I felt he just laid on kind of Barney from How I Met Your Mother, but just got a bit more evil. 
I, I kind of felt like just a straight conversion. No, I, could, like, I couldn't oh. get over that. It it just, I could not get past that the whole time. I'm like, that's Barney from How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I if just, you hold I, on, okay. Yeah, keep going, keep going, keep going. No, I just, it was insurmountable. Yeah, it was. It was disappointing. That was probably the worst part of that TV series. The cast was the first, the first episode because I think he. He just went, ah, oh, I'll just play Barney, but a bit, poor, bit more sinister in it. And that what felt like came across. Once he started developing, because later on it goes through each book as pretty much each episode. So if you get, if you hold past the first maybe one or two episodes and let him develop, because he got, because the villain, uh, Count Olaf, goes into different characters and he plays a bit more of a role and more of a focus on, again, kind of like, um, uh, what's the Stranger Things where the kid actors are doing such a well job of their suited role? I think it's more focused on them on the other characters rather than Count Olaf. Um, okay. and he kind of so he's sort of like a supporting role. In yeah, well, if you take that way, just to start to get you through it, because it does feel very much Neil Patrick Harris has still done the Barney Stinson role for this the initial part. You kind of get over it eventually, and then you push through, and it starts. If you if you read the books, it feels like yes, this is what we wanted, this is what we loved about it, and it's just apart from the fact that I you know praise to um, Jim Carrey, but I just because his weird his his crazy weirdness and taking it to like another level, it kind of fits the books more perfectly and a bit I would say better production value than the original movie. Okay, that's okay. cool. Oh, I might check it out. The original movies was kind of like Tim Burton esque in a sense of all the like weird shots and sort of abstract shapes and and that sort of thing in it. Um, but yeah, if it's got a if it's got a better um, if it's got a better design, then that's pretty. That's awesome. Yeah, I might, I'm I might really give it a go. So I've kind of like I haven't really been paying attention to the like the series unfortunate events at all. Like it's kind of something I've missed, and I'm I'm really a fan of like a lot of um, labyrinth and um, dark crystal and that kind of stuff. Do you think that would be something I'd be interested in moving across to? It's or it's weird really. and dark, and it has its own. Yep. I wouldn't say it's kind of scary. It's more the fact that. So the whole premise of the series of unfortunate events is it's a series of unfortunate events which happen- <laughs> happening to this family. So their, their parents die from a fire, yep. the, their house burns down, and these orphans are left. But basically, they go, they go through their life trying to escape this villain who wants their money, but no one really listens to them. They always have to like they always get thrown in a bad situation and they can tell that there's a trap basically but no adult ever listens to them and they just like their life's getting ruined anytime they find a sort of ally friend they usually get killed and it just kind of keeps going this downhill spiral of depression and uh unfortunate events that occurs to them it's like in- Which- insert that trope in any adolescent novel like yeah because every every young person thinks that oh you know what adults don't listen to me and it's like you know what like i've been a teacher for like 11 years i'm like we do fucking listen but you're full of shit 
<laughs> no, but it, it, but it, but it chooses. Takes, it's, yeah, it's, it's, takes, it's not as weird as say your dark crystal or your labyrinth. It doesn't have those sort of like random caterpillar that shows up and he's like, "Hello, I'll show you the way." <laughs> yeah, he um, know the way or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of like these odd, like slightly sinister things that happen to this family uh, to sort of like bring them down or to harm them or destroy them in some way. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool. Like from the movie, and like I think I read the first and second book. Like, I can't remember them too well. I was reading, I think I was reading Animorphs at the same time. So oh, just saying, Andorians should be those Animorph guys, and then link the two series together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool. Um, does anybody else want to talk about anything? We have ten minutes. I do really quickly. Um, right, yeah. Like something i think it's getting into the pop culture kind of vibe but startups right um something that i'm finding interesting this year there's a few books that i've read i'm i'm not going to get into them in a lot of detail but um we kind of think about startups um there's a few the startup land disrupted and um and chaos monkeys like just i think like we're almost getting to the point where silicon valley is like this apart from the tv show itself um this fantastical era of where um, where things are going in the future. And they're just fascinating to find out like how these crazy companies are working and how they actually function and how they go how they how they're evolving. Um, I haven't gotten into Silicon Valley, the TV show itself. Um, I plan to do that this year, so maybe I'll report back. Great but, show. Loved it. Yeah. Um, I can't remember, Drunk Jeff can't remember the, which of the authors from it, but one of the books is written by one of the writers in Silicon Valley. Um, it wasn't Chaos Monkeys, it's either Startup Land or, um, Disrupted. But, um, just really the crazy stuff that goes on and the fantastical elements of how people are really actually living, um, is fascinating and I would challenge anyone to read one of those books. Um, just as a quick summary, I was going to branch from my original segue was from AI to Silicon Valley. It's gone now, but yeah, <laughs> but, but the beer made it. You'll, you'll, yeah. you'll be back. I'll be hey. back. Yeah, there so, we go. Yeah, we go. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'll be back. Um, yeah, but I definitely recommend as far as like getting into that kind of stuff and that kind of world and how things are actually functioning and the ridiculous amounts of. Um, the fantastical elements of Silicon Valley is fascinating. That yeah, I'll just chuck that in as a quick uh, as a quick piece. We'll, we'll put the actual links to those books um, in the show notes. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, and hopefully Jeff will have a startup soon. Anyway, uh, besides that, <laughs> well, um, is this a startup? Okay. Is Beyond the Dice a startup? Like, who knows? Maybe. Yeah, who knows? We'll see yeah. what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> so, um, Ben, okay. TV show, movie, comic, whatever it is, what do you suggest uh, people to go and look at that you haven't talked about tonight? I've been enjoying watching recently Designated Survivor. Um, I've really enjoyed the the US political shows, uh, House of Cards, and and a few others. Uh, Designated Survivor is is nicer is is not necessarily better than say House of Cards, but it's it's set where you've got the State of the Union address that the president gives, and so everyone in the government is there, and there's one member of um, of the, you know, the president, one of the um, president's uh, 
people who work for him, I'm not American, so I don't know the exact terms. He's he's kept aside, he's kept safe just in case there there's an attack on the on the Capitol building that causes the entire government to, you know, to be killed, and so then there is some person to take the reins of government. And because it's called Designated Survivor, that happens. So you've got this guy who had no ambition within the US the US um US government who is now just thrust into the presidency after there's a um you know a plot against that a plot that has killed all of the US government. Um and it's just a very nice political show. The main character is is a very good and honorable man as contrasted to say Kevin Spacey in House of Cards where it's a very dark show that House of Cards was interesting and I enjoyed it but some episodes left me feeling bad about uh, as a human being for having watched it. Um, well, Designated Survivor is just <laughs> just is just a very good light show to watch. All right, uh, Travis, what's a what is something that you would suggest that you haven't talked about tonight? Um, well, I mean, I like Designated Survivor as well. Just you know, for what it's worth. Uh, <laughs> it's already been done. Aww. Let's do something else. Come on, let's do it. You, you missed you miss your window. Why didn't you join in the conversation? All right, uh, talk about it. Nah, 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 talk about it. Come on, man. Do it. Do it. No, no, it's all right. I'll, I'll choose something else. I'll just be like, you know what? Like, I'm I'm good with life. Um, <laughs> Good for you. I, I really like... This is like a popcorn session. No, I really like Please Like Me by Josh Thomas. It's on Netflix. It's about a homosexual, metrosexual that lives in Melbourne. And I I like it. It's endearing because there are certain aspects, even though I'm not homosexual myself, like that, like, you know, his mum has a mental illness, his dad's a mess. Like, there are certain things that really resonate with me. And I, I really like it. So you know, please like me. Okay, Josh Thomas, I do. Like, I like his show. Even though, like, him as a stand-up comedian, I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't really like his brand of comedy. I really like his show. Like, he is just living the life I want to live in certain ways. All right. Uh, Peter, what is something that you haven't talked about tonight that you would say? Oh, I got it. I got it. So, when Jeff's talked about weird, like, Dark Crystal Labyrinth thing, my brain went, (laughs) Dirk Gently... And oh, yeah, yes. oh, yes. that show is like you just gotta binge it you just gotta do it you just gotta watch <laughs> like one episode you get hooked and you're like what the hell is going on this all these random stuff why is like frodo baggins in this <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> frodo frodo and, and no frodo it's like is this like trying to be doctor who but not i don't know this is person yeah. murdering people it makes no sense why is there a dog there and that's the first season. <laughs> and it just gets like no, weird. even the second season. Oh, it's like, alright. Yeah, yeah. I've watched it. Oh. Yeah, so it's just... It kind of all these weird things happen the first season. You have no idea how they're meant to connect. And then it eventually funnels down. And you go, oh, that was a weird movie slash TV series. Uh, could have been tripping, but I wasn't. So it was still good. Uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty amazing. The second season, I felt... Uh, didn't have that craziness going on. I think because I, I think I picked out what was going on from the very start, which then uh, it did answer. Ah, yeah. like, oh, okay, damn. Second season was the same. It didn't have. It didn't really have that interconnect. 
yeah, they in- didn't have the interconnectedness of interconnectedness of everything like the first season had. Yeah. Uh, it was a little bit more linear, and I, I, I think, yeah, like you said, Peter, I guess that after like the third episode, I was like, all right, this, 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 this. But also, I like yeah, that. Yeah, but and Dirk Gently's like, more self-aware. Audience, we re-related. Yeah, we we related to Frodo. We like we get this. We understand the formula. We understand what you're trying to do. But Dirk's like, nah. Nah, bro. This yeah. is this is bad. Like, I don't want to do this. This is wrong. And that was an interesting contrast because we, as an audience, we have expectations, yeah. and the show was willing to mess with those oh, a little bit. I, I still yeah. and yep. still enjoyed the second one. I just oh, felt it much. wasn't um, like I wasn't going. What's gonna happen as much as the yeah. first season, where like this is just crazy balls. I have no yeah. idea what's going but, on. It was like hot fuzz esque, like hot fuzz. You know, it all comes together in the end. Yeah, that's why I suggest to watch. Oh, those guys are making a new movie. I can't wait. Yeah, what's the movie about? They always make new movies, and they're always no, no, terrible. yeah, yeah. But like <laughs> every movie they make that it comes out is newer than the last. That is true, but you know they, you know <laughs> they're getting together. You know, there's more stuff. What's that you, movie I'm about? Excited for it. Yeah, I, dude. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I'm going to do a quick suggestion, and then Jeff, I would like to you to do a quick suggestion um, yep. after I. So. Um, comics, I, I have read the comic, uh, uh, trade number one of Rumble. It is fucking awesome. Uh, I'll read the little blurb that they give you, um, on, um, on our friend's website, uh, Image Comics. Bobby is a bartender working the late shift feeling down about how non-eventful his life is. Then suddenly, a scarecrow warrior monster barges through the front door, cuts off one of Bobby's regular's arms, and exits. This creature, this scarecrow creature, is Rathrak, an ancient warrior with a grudge to bear on some of his former adversaries from a millennia ago. Said adversaries then start showing up with cat monsters, fire monsters, domesticated hydras, and a sacred warrior cult all making their mark on the world. Bobby's life will never be the same. So it's it's sort of like this South, this this like American who lives in the South in this sort of weird dystopian world, and this guy Bobby is is pulled into this weird sort of adventure. Um, that, that leads back to the dawn of time. Um, and it's full of sort of odd stuff like spraying this scarecrow down with um, a fire retardant spray so that a fire monster can't burn him to death. Uh, and this scarecrow trying to win his his original body back from some, some demons or some devils that, that existed in, in a time before man. Um, so it's it's pretty cool. Um, it's it's written by uh, John Akadi. He's uh, or, or sorry Akudi, who's written some other awesome stuff. I believe he did some work on Black Science. He may actually be the head writer of Black Science, which is another uh, comic that I would suggest. Um, and also, it is co-written by the guy who wrote Hellboy. Uh, so if you're into that sort of weird sort of cult sort of thing um as well as sort of strange fantasy um meets modern time slash dystopian future uh i would suggest reading it you can get it um 
from the Image Comics store for $8 USD um, and read it as like a PDF or a, or a digital download. And uh, Jeff, what would you suggest? Cool. So I've got one thing left. I'm going to, it wasn't what I originally planned, but I think it'd be really good. Um, if you've been a fan of, I, one of the things I really wanted to mention was Thor Ragnarok. Like it was a fantastic movie. Um, it was a really good spin on Marvel, not really caring what they do with their franchises and just letting it go off the handle and doing whatever they want. It was fantastic. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, in between the seasons or the movies that have come out, um, if you've enjoyed um, Thor hanging out in Australia, um, I know we've got some fans over in different countries and things like that. Um, if you've really enjoyed that kind of dynamic of um, Thor and Daryl hanging out, there's a Jeff Goldblum episode coming out that I can't wait to see. Um, that's looking really cool. Like, that concept is really, really cool. If you like that kind of stuff, there's a um, it's, there's some YouTube videos and stuff and a movie apparently called the wizard of Oz or the wizards of Oz. Um, it's hilarious. Very similar concept of, um, a wizard hanging out in Australia, blowing stuff up. uh, I've seen that. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's, um, I I don't know who's seen it outside of Australia. Um, it's worth checking out. Uh, yeah. Very, very funny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, um, that's that's pretty much it. That's all I've got left. Oh, and Breath of the Wild. That was really fun this year, but I'm sure there's a hundred other reviews you could go look up. You don't need to. You don't. You don't need to hear me talking about how awesome it was and how it brought me back to Discovery and stuff like that. Um, yeah, there's check out Waypoint or um, Giant Bomb for some some really good stuff on that. Or we might just cut that. But yeah, some really cool stuff out there. I think that should conclude this evening's episode of Beyond the Dice. Once again, guys, I'm really... Oh, actually, I'm not really sorry. I'm a little bit sorry about um, this not being another part of the story or, or um, episode that is released to continue our um, story about our mercenaries in the world of... or in the city of New Etika. Uh, but we thought we would want to do something a little bit different. Uh, in saying that... Well, if you like this, if this is something you found interesting, let us know. Um, write a review, add it in the reviews. Like, let us know if this is something in, like really cool or you liked, and you know we might make more. We might spin off something different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you think that this is something you want to hear more regularly as a sort of um, a pop culture slash media podcast then we can add an episode in here or there or or even start a a second feed uh, at some point um yeah so let us know jump on itunes jump on podbean whatever whatever you use to um download podcasts and listen to our uh, our podcast and um give us a, a review of some sort people out there in the world of earth and maybe to those beyond earth who have been listening thank you downloading thank you for listening to our rants about different medias we consume whether it's books or comics or tv shows or movies or video games or audiobooks or whatever it might be thank you so much um we we really enjoy doing this we really enjoy telling a story and we also like talking about shit uh, especially me <laughs> i mean if you yeah i think we i <laughs> i could probably talk for an hour by myself um, but anyway, Peter, go ahead. If you've got the run sheet open, hit, 
Hit that shit. No, nah, don't, bro. Do it. What am I doing? Talk about the website <laughs> okay, and the okay, Facebook. You're doing the website and the Facebook. We have <laughs> website. Oh, just give me the run sheet. Just give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. We'll, we'll cut. Uh, we'll probably cut, won't, cut, out, cut out this. It's cut beyond, out the, beyond the dice.com and facebook.com slash BTD pod. Oh, man. Hurry. I got to pee so bad. Yeah, I just peed. <laughs> Damn it. How? <laughs> um. Uh, it's it's called having Google Hangouts on my phone <laughs> and running to the toilet while holding the phone next to my ear. We need to we need to have breaks so that we yeah, can we go do. pee. Cause oh man, oh man, it hurts. <laughs> All right, Peter, do the fa- do the website one. I haven't found the run sheet. That's right. Just say we have a website. <laughs> website. We, we have have a website at uh, www.beyondthedice.com.au Question mark? Just dot com. I'm joking. There's no doubt, AU. And uh, welcome to 2008, muchachos. <laughs> Travis, do it. You ruins it. You ruins uh, it. Uh, he wrecks it every time. Um, oh, our Instagram is pretty fun. <laughs> we take D&D, RPG, and nerd geek pictures. And, you know, perhaps there'll be some images of various media that we have consumed at Beyond the Dice. Uh, did we do Facebook? <laughs> your, your job's just Facebook. Okay, cool. You're, yeah. you're We're on Facebook. Facebook at facebook.com slash btdpod. Uh, come check us out. Look at things that we avatar, like we find interesting, like bright, and then it turns out it's not that great. But still, if you're interested in things like this, come check us out. Or chatting with us. All good. Yeah, we'll chat. Like, if, you, uh, if you're like, hey man, how do you play Dungeons & Dragons? I'll say, alright, listen to the episode previous to this one. But also, I will answer those questions too. Yep. Uh, as well as, um, we will answer those questions too. Yep. Yeah, thanks guys. As we said before, this is this particular episode was kind of a new format, new style. We just want to see how it would go. So, please just, you know, give us a, give us a review on iTunes or whatever um, platform you're downloading this this podcast from and yeah and just let us know what you enjoyed what you liked what you didn't like and yeah we enjoy this and we hope you do too you're right yeah boy at the end that's what it says Ben follow the script yeah boy <laughs> yeah boy <laughs> yeah boy <laughs> yeah boy alright Thanks, guys. Um, it's been awesome having you guys hang around. Uh, make sure you share this with a friend or a family member if you think that they would enjoy some some D&D, some laughs, some, some pop culture references. Just say, hey, um, have a listen to Beyond the Dice. And uh, hopefully we can grow this podcast into something bigger and better. Um, and once again, thank you, guys. See ya. And if you if you do find that Luke has been, uh, you know, the whole s- the series a bit too much for your family because of all the swearing and the stuff like that, and you want Luke to edit even more, just let us know, and he'll bleep out all those bits for you. <laughs> so then we can have a, like a like a uh, less a more fa- family friendly <laughs> season. Oh yeah, if if you would like us to be more family friendly, please feel give us a five star rating anyway, but feel free to let us know that. But 
you know, we're cool. <laughs> yeah, we're cool. We're I cool. like saying the word poo-poo and fart and shit and... Yeah. Willies! Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's probably not the best way to end a podcast. The way we should end it is... See you guys. Bye. Bye. Ciao.